This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. I am Lisa Nowakowski. I am your host. I am a tech TOSA or a technology coach in South Monterey County. Uh, and welcome to episode 118 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. As you'll notice, Nancy is not here today. Something came up. So we miss her and we send her love. All right, because we always miss our Nancy. She keeps me grounded. As a reminder, we have a 15 minute format because ain't nobody got more time than that. And the tradition of coffee drinking, we always have a coffee fact, the tradition of coffee drinking in Russia, it's great when your dog starts to have the zoomies when you do this too, uh, begins with Peter the Great. He drank it uh, while in Holland. He became fond of it and brought the drink to Russia in the beginning of the 18th century. So I found that interesting. As you know, we always have facts. And our guest today is Craig Yen, and he will be talking to us about productivity tips and tricks. So this is a really great topic for us. So Craig, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do? Sure. I am Craig Yen. Thank you so much for having me on the show tonight. I really wish that I had some coffee now, now that you keep on, that we kept on mentioning this, that, that, so that's <laughs> my own fault. I feel that in some instances, maybe having that extra bit of coffee can make you even a little bit more productive. I'm a fifth grade teacher. I've taught both fourth and fifth grade and fifth grade is really a great grade. Fourth grade is as well, but I might be a little biased there. I teach <laughs> in Walnut Creek, California, and I have taught for now 18 years. We have been within distance learning all year long and um, I am the technology integration leader and have been for our school. Just transitioned out of that non-paid volunteered <laughs> voluntold role this year a little bit more. Um, but I really have grasped technology in um, different ways. I'm also part of East Bay Q, which is an affiliate of Q. I know that Nancy and Lisa are both very familiar with that. And real quick for our listeners who are out of the state of California, uh, QCUE is the main computer teacher organization here in California. So I know Michigan has MACUL, M-A-C-U-L. So it's it's our equivalent of something like that. Definitely. And so I do definitely love those learning networks. And then we'll talk a little bit about those as well. So you are here to tell us some tips and tricks. And my district as well has been in distance learning um, the entire year. We haven't been back uh, at all. Um, we just got word today that our area, our county is going on, I think it's just our county, uh, is going on lockdown starting uh, this, this weekend. Um, so by the time you hear this, uh, we will have been on lockdown. So like, this is a great time. Like teachers are stressed to the max with the distance learning thing um, and, you know, trying to keep up with everything. 
everything. So we are so happy that you are going to tell us um, some of your favorite tips and tricks. So what is um, what are some things that you like to tell people to get started with um, to make our lives easier? I think there's definitely some of the things that I have picked up along the way. I've tried to do this all the time where it is that I have naming conventions for my files. And then so this way, oftentimes I will include the date with that. I know that it stores it within Google Classroom, but one of the best things about Google Drive is that you can go ahead and search within Google Drive. And then so by typing just a few of the keywords within there, you can go ahead and pull up some of those things that you have worked on. Nice, nice thing about that is you can also reuse some of those activities that have really worked for your students. Absolutely. So what is a naming convention that you tend to use? Because everybody has their own little way of doing it. And if you're anything like me, you start a naming convention, forget what that naming convention is and start a new naming convention. <laughs> um, what, I'll, what I do and what I often will do is that I will put the date as part of that naming convention and then the date in particular just with the numbers. And then so for instance, today is 1209 and I do have to put two zero. And then if I know that that assignment was within the certain range, then I will be able to search for it by that particular date, just already within um, the file name itself. And then, so you can also categorize those by the, um, by just the um, topic. And then, so if it's social studies, if it's math, then you can go ahead and do that as well. Um, so you said you can categorize them by topic. So are you thinking particularly in Google Classroom with that? Um, no, not with particularly within Google Classroom with that. However, just within the file name itself. So oh, excellent if advice. If it's related, if it's fractions related, if it has to do with a specific um, unit that you are working on, then I just include it all within the file name itself. And that way that, that part is still searchable. The nice part about Google Drive is it also will search within the file itself, and so it, it'll pull up those um, keywords. That is fantastic. So I kind of, I guess I jumped the gun a little bit on that one with the uh, Google Classroom. So, um, you know, I, I know we had talked a little bit about this beforehand that you were going to end up talking about Google Classroom as well. So uh, what are some tips and tricks that you have to make people's lives easier within Google Classroom? Um, I think you did mention and you did hit on one of those big ones, but the topic portion. I'm try I tried this with my kids and with my students, with my fifth graders, is that instead of just having it just math and just with history and then just with science and having those, all those different um, topics, I've also had a today's topic and today's work topic. And then that way, when I initially assign things, I'll put it within the today's work topic so it stays at the top of their Google Classroom for them to be able to see it right away. And then that way it, it, it's right there at the forefront. I also put a needs attention sort of topic for it. <laughs> like if I'm all, wow, there's still seven people who still haven't turned this in, even though it's been due for X amount of time, then um, we, we work that. And then it just takes a couple of clicks. And that's the key point is to really minimize those clicks that you make to be able to move it back on over to a different topic. So for instance, back into the math topic or back into the writing topic. 
Yes, I love that you said, um, you know, minimize the clicks. I always think about that when we have, when I see websites, like how many clicks does it go in? I think it's like, if you have to go deeper than three clicks, people just abandon it. And that kind of always resonated with me. I always feel that the students can abandon that too. And if you start making the assignments a little bit too complicated, where it is that they're clicking around to different sites, where it is they're clicking around through different things, just to be able to find the information or to be able to do something, then either they get lost, which doesn't <laughs> doesn't work and doesn't help, or that the it gets too confusing for them. Along the lines of Google Classroom, something I saw within one of those communities that I belong to within Facebook, and there's so many different. Pick a topic in Facebook of Google or Microsoft at Jamboard, you name it, like there is a group or a page that will help you out, yes. Or there's people that will just be able to say, oh, they'll answer those questions for you. Um, what they suggested is to bookmark pages that you commonly go to within Google Classroom. So one of the things that places that I go to that I figured out, and this was finally this year, like from March to June, I, I hadn't figured this out yet. <laughs> I, I didn't know what was going on, but I figured out that there was a review page within Google Classroom where it is that everything's all nicely laid out all the assignments, how many people have completed those assignments. You can just click with a few clicks to be able to leave feedback on those assignments. You can leave mass feedback on those assignments, but bookmark that bookmark the review page and your classroom's review page in particular. And then by doing so, then you can go ahead and just get right on over to that area to be able to, um, to work on it. Oh, that's great. And again, that minimizes those clicks. You click once instead of going deeper into the classroom. Good job. Yeah, definitely. And then the other thing that I like to make sure that the students do is if they are going to um, include evidence that they're going that they've completed something is to take to teach them how to take those screenshots oh, to yes. have them like if it is a group mass file where it is all, um, like a Google Slides presentation where they're all completing the same Google Slides presentation. Have them just click a few buttons to be able to download the image of their particular slide and then attach that to their assignment. Yeah, and don't think that the, the uh, primary learners can't do it. Um, I have taught uh, first graders how to take pictures of their work and they are successful with it. They can successfully do it on their own. Definitely. And it also helps, of course, to take good pictures because like taking a picture, <laughs> taking a picture and just kind of including an image and it's like all fuzzy and you're like going, huh, what, 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 what is that? Um, it, along those lines, actually, uh, if they put it within Google Slides that I found, it seems to be easier for me to navigate and to be able to zoom in on a file, to look at it more carefully. Whereas when they put, put it within Google Docs, what I have to do is I, you, oftentimes you're trying to resize the image and trying to look at the image and then it just doesn't seem quite as clear. So that, that's something I give people overall. Excellent. So what are some other tools that you might use to make your life easier? Other tricks that you're using currently um, that have really kind of eased some of the burden of the, this, all of this craziness that's happening? Oh, you, I forgot that the, our viewers and our listeners today can't really see our images. Lisa and I are smiling at each other as I'm holding up my phone. The phone is just a huge thing where it's so easy to be able to use. Like for instance, with Google Classroom, it's nice to be able to leave feedback as you're walking around and just to be able to look at an assignment and to be able to hit a button with the microphone button and to be able to talk, to be able to give feedback 
on something. And then so I feel that that's just a very quick way to be able to just rather than typing all of the comments and all of that feedback to um, the students. So I do like that and the phone in particular to do that just right within Google Classroom. That's fantastic. And so for those listeners who are unfamiliar, uh, Google does have classrooms and slides and docs, all of those things and Jamboard, the, my new favorite thing, uh, all of those things uh, have free apps that you can download to your phone so you can have access. And if you have several accounts like I do, you can switch between the accounts very, very easily. All right, what are some other ones? Come on, you're on a roll. Another thing that I have on my phone that really is useful to me is um, scanning to PDF. And then that's from Adobe, Adobe Scan to PDF. And one of the nice things about this one here is that you can go ahead and scan in documents. And then so for instance, there might be a page or two that you wanted to scan in to be able to show to the students. And you can automatically save it over to your Google Drive. That is fantastic when you can just automatically save it to the drive and find the folder, whatever you need to put it into to organize it. I just actually, I do the naming convention thing on the, on the file right away. And then so when it saves to drive, it's also the one that, that's the top one that the most recent file that is saved to drive so that if I load up Google Classroom and I'm going to use it right away, then it's right there. You can also just email it to yourself. It gives you that option as well. And then so you email it to yourself or email it to colleagues. So that is very um, useful overall with, um, with that there. That's excellent. Do you know if that scan to PDF is a paid app or a free app? It is a free app. Oh, excellent. Um, we like free. Yeah, I definitely like those free apps as well. Um, so there's definitely, it's really thinking about working smarter, not harder, and, and then it will be productive with that time. Um, if you do not have two screens at this point, then you really should look into seeing how it is to go ahead and get two screens for yourself. And then so you give yourself some more real estate to work with, and then so you can have some different windows there already open um, as you're working with students and as you're working in general. And I know exactly. so many teachers who are just loving having the, the two screens going on. Um, you did say work smarter, not harder. And you know, I'm a big fan of uh, edgy protocols. And that is one of their is not only but it is one of their mottos. So I know you were going to kind of touch on edgy protocols. How did those make your life easier? What they're supposed to make my life easier? <laughs> Yes, they definitely have made my life easier. And then so I'm very grateful for what it is that they provided. If you just go to their website, they have offered up a whole bunch of different templates, a whole bunch of different strategies, and then even offered a smart start where towards the actual protocols to be able to learn them a little better, to be able to use them with your students. And then the, the whole benefit of it is that once you once the students have actually learned an edge protocol, like Wukakucha, for instance, then they can go ahead, then as a teacher, you just need to let them know, okay, students, we are gonna go ahead and do Buka Kucha today. We're gonna go ahead and use thin slides to go ahead and talk about science today. Your assignment is to go ahead and explain photosynthesis on your slide within five minutes. That is, yeah, that is great. So they already know that, that's, oh, that's our timer. They already know that structure and it really does make your life easier. And 
kind of take some of that uh, away from some of them, especially, you know, now in distance learning. Exactly. And I think the whole thing is whatever it is that you feel has worked for your students within this distance learning, go ahead and build upon that and just keep things simple, bring on things one at a time. Um, with the two screens, there is a site that's called twoscreensforteachers.org. That actually, they stopped taking names on that one yesterday, I think, on December 8th, I believe. But if we have any listeners out there who want to supply a teacher with a second screen, there is a way that you can donate on there to help a teacher uh, get a second screen, teachers who have already signed up for a second screen. Awesome. I actually, um, I just bought a little adapter from my own computer to use an older monitor that did not have HDMI. And that's a great one too. I have a friend who has an old TV that she wasn't using anymore, this giant TV. And every time I walk into her office, she like, I know I say that and we're not supposed to be in other people's homes. She is in one of my pods. She is she is my only pod, really. Uh, she doesn't go anywhere. I don't go anywhere. So I don't want anybody to think that I'm like doing all these weird cheaty things. But she's got this giant monitor in there. just so huge because it's an old TV that she bought the right cables for and is using that. So that was our timer. Um, do you have anything else left to share with us on your words? Oh, any words I of wisdom? A bunch of more tips. And to be able to reach me, you have to go ahead and connect with me either through Q, through EastBayQ, or go ahead and reach out to me on Twitter. And my Twitter handle is at Craig Yen. And you definitely want to follow him. He is amazing to follow. He's a great resource. So lucky to have him. So I want to say thank you to our listeners. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment to let us know. Uh, our comment question today is, what are some things that you have found in distance learning or even a hybrid model? If you're in a hybrid model or even a full face-to-face, -face, um, what are some things that have you been using that have made your life easier? Please don't forget to subscribe to hear more about easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. If you like the show, and of course you do because you're listening, please help others find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. And remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things they are doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill, or if you'd like to be a guest, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thanks, and we'll see you next time in the new year, because this was the last one of the year for us. So what a great way to close this out. All right. Thank you, listeners.